Welcome to the Kingdom Influencing Podcast, and I'm your host, Derek L. Calhoun. KIP, for short, brings you an exclusive look at the nature of humanity as we interface with culture and society in and out of our relationship with God. It explores the unique and contrasting position of having a biblical worldview versus a secular or societal worldview. I will explore these topics using the powerful and dynamic tools of the didactic narrative, teaching a relevant truth through storytelling, biblical exposition, teaching Bible principles, and of course, real talk. My background scans a diversity of over 35 years of work in education, government, law, ministry, business development, and consulting, respectively. Each guest speaker will bring a variety of wisdom and insight to life topics and situations that we encounter on a daily basis. So all I need you to do now as listeners is to sit back and enjoy the podcast, spread the word about KIPP, the Kingdom Influencing Podcast, and I will be your host, Derek L. Calhoun. That's hashtag KIP, hashtag KIP. Help me to make KIP your favorite Friday podcast. Now, let's get started. Hey, welcome back, Kingdom Influencing Nation. Uh, I want to thank you all for joining from all over the world. Thank you all for sharing and reposting on your platforms and telling your family and friends. Listen, I want to send a special shout out to those folk who are in Norway and Mexico. But then there are a couple of nations that I haven't seen on my analytics before. The Netherlands, Singapore, Vietnam. Welcome, welcome. And of course, all the listeners in the U.S. of A. Appreciate you dearly. Listen, I want to jump right into it because there's so much to cover. I had a fabulous time uh, with my wife during the uh, marriage anniversary series. If you haven't heard it, go back and listen to it and share it with your spouse, share it with your friends. Um, we've gotten a lot of great, great feedback on that marriage anniversary series, three part series. I started last week. Uh, talking about the maturation point. So that's like a, uh, a precursor. So if you didn't take that class, you may be a little out of sync with this class, but I'll try to bring you up to speed. But maturation is critically important in understanding the movements of God and understanding how God operates. And we'll get into that a, a little bit later. But let me let me start with a premise My premise is simply this. You can move faster with God behind him and accomplish more than you can without God in front of him. Thinking that you are accomplishing more, but really adding frustration to the compendium of your life. Okay? In other words, you can do more with God than less. There's even a scripture that says, uh, I believe it's John 15, that without God, I can do absolutely nothing. And so in order to, to, to roll with God, if you will, using modern day vernacular, we need to slow our roll. We need to slow our roll, not to uh, non-productivity, 
But we need to learn as we enter and understand that maturation point, the difference between being busy and being productive. Being busy is the presence of activity. Being productive is activity that leads to the accomplishing of specific goals and objectives. And so there are a lot of people that are busy, but they are not necessarily accomplishing goals and objectives, particularly when we talk about divine goals and divine objectives, objectives and goals that have been given to you by God as you learn how to be fruitful, fruitful, the pursuit of uh, purpose in life, knowing what it is and why it is that God will put you in the earth. And when you begin to get to that place, then you want to really slow down, examine your steps, allow God to order your steps, but not get frustrated with the process of the speed in which he does what he does. Let me let me share something with you. A few years ago, uh, my wife and I were in New York City and we were at a church planting service and uh, at the time, the church was called the Phoenix First Assembly, was planning a church uh, in uh, Manhattan. I believe it was Matthew Barnett, uh, Tommy Barnett's son was going to uh, pastor that church or at least be the lead planner. For those of you who don't know who Tommy Barnett is, he's an author. He's the co-pastor of the Dream City Church, which is for formerly Phoenix First Assembly, a wonderful ministry out in Arizona. I've had the opportunity to visit. Um, and he's the chancellor of Southeastern University. But at any rate, my wife and I were sitting with him um, at the end of that service. They're actually just standing, but he, he came down from the stage. And of all of the hundreds of people that were there, he beamed and pinpointed us and walked directly to us and began to have a conversation and he talked about some of his books on the promise promises of God the dreams of God and purposes of God and and he shared this one thing this caveat that I hold dear to my dear to my life and dear to my perspective on God and he said this there's not a single promise or a single prophetic word that has been spoken in my life that have come from God that has not come to pass. He said to me, but I had, and to my wife, that I had to learn how to be patient because some of the promises that, or prophetic words that were given to me didn't come to pass for 30 years. However, I stand before you today at 70 plus years of age to tell you that everything God said has come to pass. You just have to be patient. That stuck with me. That stuck with me and it brings me to the title of today's message, the power of patience, the power of patience. And so this is a one-two punch with maturation point and the power of patience. Um, because I don't think that I could do it justice in just one podcast. So as I was seeking the face of God, I, I know that I needed to share and be even uh, more clarion than I was before. So 
just revisiting a little bit about the maturation point, let's just talk about the definition of maturation very quickly. Uh, there are four definitions that I'm going to give you today, but the first one is the process of becoming mature. Uh, we all have to become mature. And I talked about the different types of fruit. Premature fruit which is usually bitter and hard. Um, uh, mature fruit that is ripe. And then over mature fruit or overripe fruit that is becomes mushy and sometimes brown and not really edible. Okay, so we need to find that sweet spot of maturity where we are listening to God, where we're following God, where we have no problem waiting on God and moving with him. Uh, my second definition is the emergence of personal and behavioral characteristics through growth, through the growth, uh, through growth processes. Okay. It's the emergence of personal and behavioral characteristics through growth processes. So we begin to take on, if you will, from this definition, the nature of God, the nature of God. We want to take on the nature of God. And uh, these definitions you can readily get online. Uh, and then, of course, the final stages of differentiation. Uh, there comes a point where you will be distinguished from your peers simply by one thing, having achieved an understanding of what the maturation point is. So let me use this definition. I'm going to further spell it out. This is from AllieDog.com. Maturation is the process of learning to cope and react in an emotionally appropriate way. It does not necessarily happen along with aging or physical growth, but it is a part of growth and development. In other words, your maturation is not based on how old you are. It's not based on life experiences. It's based on your ability to learn how to cope in life emotionally and mentally in a way that is appropriate, uh, that causes things to transition and causes things to really happen in your life. So you can learn these things early in life, and some people learn them late in life, and then there's, of course, the, the, the remnant of people that never learn it at all, and they're immature for the bulk of their life. But when, when I think about maturation, this is what my understanding is. Maturation is when you have a clear understanding of the relationship between promise, patience, and process. Promise, patience, and process. We have to learn how to wait, to move succinctly with the plans of God. So when the scripture says, wait on the Lord, it's like a waiter. It's not someone sitting sedentary, but a waiter who is serving and doing the things that God told him to do. In other words, you may have received a word that says you're going to be somewhere or you're going to do something or something is going to happen. You cannot manufacture what God has told you, where you're going to be, what you're going to be, or some happenings that will happen in your future. You have to be in a place where you wait on the Lord and you manifest what it is that God is calling you to do. So the last thing God told you, 
you stay there and you do this as unto the Lord, but you do it patiently. You're not consumed by the prophetic word. You're not consumed by your future. You're not consumed by the possibilities. You're not consumed by what will be. You are in the moment dealing with the things that God would have you to deal with right now. And when it happens, the things that God says were going to happen, it happens. And if it takes 10 years or 20 years, the years is not your measuring stick. It's the power of patience to be obedient, to let all of the processes of God operate in your life. So then watch this. Once you get a word from God, there's no way that you can make it happen. But there is a way that you can be patient through the process. So whatever the process is between the prophetic word and the promise. In other words, you'll get a word. You have to operate in patience through the process. And if you operate in patience through the process, then there will be a manifestation of the promise. Okay. All right. So uh, let's, let's look at that again, uh, looking at Genesis. And I, I shared this with you before that when God spoke in Genesis, let there be light, let there be uh, water, let there be all of the different things. Again, that created the ecosystem, everything living and non-living, whatever he spoke into being, it came to pass. But the key emphasis in Genesis is the six day process. That although God is sovereign and has the power to do it in one day, he does it in six to teach us the power of patience. And that patience has its perfect work through process. So allow things to come to pass and things to come in order and things to line up to bless your life. So it answers the question, why didn't God create the world in a millisecond? because he was trying to teach humanity the power of patience and process, all right? So let me give you a definition because this is not just a biblical thing. This is actually studied uh, through psychology and is a, a, a study. Dr. Judith Orliff, an MD, uh, writes this for in an article called The Power of Patience, the importance of patience as a coping skill and how to achieve it. Uh, and it's, of course, uh, in psychology today, but it's a very good article. It'll help you, and, and it helped me. But let me just give you this one caveat that, that uh, stuck out with me. As a psychiatrist, this is her speaking, patience is an invaluable skill that I teach all my psychotherapy clients. In my new book, I emphasize the importance of patience as a coping skill and how to achieve it. Frustration is not the key to any door. Patience is a lifelong spiritual practice as well as a way to find emotional freedom. You may be following me on uh, Instagram or Facebook and you saw this post that I put up uh, from Fulton J. Sheen and I love this too. It says patience is power. Patience is not an absence of action 
Rather, it is timing. It waits for the right time to act for the principles and in the right way. So it waits on the right time to act. It waits on the principles to come to pass that need to happen and then the right way. Okay. So when we reach that maturation point, we're willing to take our foot off the gas, to coast down the hills of life, to work up the hills of life in God and to wait for the place where the promise fulfills itself and the terrain and the maybe the vehicle that we're using alters itself or is altered for the betterment of what God has spoken in our life. All right. So so watch this power of patience. David understood the power of patience. He was ordained three times, but the first time that he was anointed, ordained anointed, was in his father's home, in Jesse's home, and he was anointed to be king by the prophet Samuel. But watch this. When he was anointed to be king, he was a little boy. He wasn't ready. So he had to go through some processes. He was anointed again at Hebron. And he became king of the southern jurisdiction. But then he was anointed a third time where he became king over all Israel. I believe it was a 30-year process. He had to get to the maturation point. He developed that through waiting on his kingship. All right. Hannah prayed. She had a son, uh, Samuel. Uh, but she went through a long, enduring process of year after year being barren until one day the Lord opened her womb and given her, gave her Samuel. She was talked about by uh, uh, David in, in such a, a terrible, I mean, not by David, by Penuel in such a terrible way because she did not have a seed. But at the appointed time and the fullness of time, God gave her a seed. Are, are we catching this? All right. Um, talk about Abraham. Abraham almost missed the move of God because he was immature. He and Sarai. He was Abram. He and Sarai. They got with Hagar and uh, born to them was Ishmael. But Ishmael was not the promise. Ishmael is a point of frustration and it causes consternation and frustration in their home. It's the premature uh, move. It is a child, but it wasn't the child. Isaac was the child. Many people today are frustrated because you have created an Ishmael rushing things, trying to make things happen when God has an Isaac for you if you just slow your role. Next thing, I want to I want to say this as I as I come to a close today, because I think it's it's critically important that we all understand this, and that is, you can't force or make God do anything. You have to allow God to do what He's doing based on 
his based on his uh, 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 timetable. God has his own timetable. His ways are not like our ways, but as far as the heavens are from the earth. So when I think about the greatest, one of the greatest attributes of God, and I thank God for my salvation, deliverance from the power and penalty of sin, I, I, I definitely one of his greatest attributes. But the thing that fused that from Genesis to Revelation is patience. I would that none should perish, but that all should have everlasting life. Patience. God is patient with us. So he forbears. There are things that should happen to us that don't happen to us because he's trying to give us an opportunity to get ourselves together. So in my opinion, one of God's greatest attributes is patience. Patience, mercy, then and grace and forgiveness and forbearance and tribula tribulations are attributes or tributaries of patience. Hmm? Patience as a source is love. If we love people, we'll be patient with our children, we'll be patient with our spouse, we'll be patient with our bosses, we'll be patient with our processes, with our businesses, with everything we're doing. We need to employ the power of patience. And patience yields, again, mercy, grace, forgiveness, forbearance, and tribulations. Tribulations uh, come to give us endurance. It builds character. It builds future channels of divine communication. Because when we go through tribulations, that's for some people, it's the only time we talk to God. So when you go through tribulations, it builds a relationship with God, future divine channels of communication, where if you spoke to him once and God responded, it will become a part of your repetition to speak to God often because you know God is listening and he will respond. So let me close with this very quickly. Moses learned what the maturation point was. Remember when he was premature and he killed the Egyptian, thinking that he was going to be the deliverer of Israel. And he was, but he was premature. He had only spent 40 years in the palace. There was no way that Moses could lead his people 40 years in the wilderness with only a 40-year palace education. So then we have to wait for the principles and the practices and the purposes and the processes of God to come to place. So when he became a fugitive, and was in the wilderness for 40 years. Now he had 40 years of training in the palace that would allow him to speak to Pharaoh, 40 years of training in the wilderness that would allow him to lead the children of Israel. He needed both, and we need both to fulfill the plans of God in our life. The power of patience. You've been listening to the Kingdom Influencing Podcast. I hope you have enjoyed and taken uh, the dearth of wisdom that is being released. I pray that you'll share it with the nations, post it, and allow people to hear the word of God. God bless you. Until next week, have a good day.